Welcome to The Motivated Mind, where I challenge you to expand your perspective on how to achieve a successful life through motivational lessons, reflections, and interviews with other motivated minds. What is up? Welcome to episode 238. Thanks so much for listening. It means so much to me. If I've brought you any value, please be sure to leave a review and hit that subscribe or follow button. Don't be a stranger. Shoot me a DM on Instagram or Facebook. Let me know what you want to hear more of. And please be sure to share the podcast. I'm truly grateful for your support. Thank you. You can learn all the skills in the world, math, business, writing, but the right mindset will always trump them all. It's the great unlock to all other skills. Success and happiness come down to one single component, and that's mindset. In order to achieve our goals in life, our mindset needs to match those aspirations. And this is exactly what I pack into my free weekly newsletter. As a free subscriber, you receive the Mastering Your Mindset newsletter once per week where I break down step-by-step processes to master your mindset and practical growth tips. If you haven't subscribed, but you enjoy the content I drop on this podcast, then you're missing out. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe for free to the Mastering Your Mindset newsletter. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, I feel like it's allowed me to be more creative because I've been able to simplify the admin aspect of my podcast and focus on developing more valuable and creative content. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. Depression is the most common mental illness impacting an estimated 300 million people. Depression is a complex mental illness that can cause significant decreases in the quality of our lives. Luckily, it is treatable. While recovering from depression isn't quick or easy, we do have more control than we realize. So, what are some ways that we can tackle depression? What are some psychology hacks that may allow us to address our depression? Number one, identify the triggers. First, we need to understand what is making us depressed. Now, this doesn't just go for depression. It goes for anything from our anxiety to solving simple challenges. 
before we dive in, we need to first identify and understand the triggers. Because once we understand the triggers, we can address the core of the thing that drives our mental state of behaviors. Think about a bomb diffuser. Someone that literally puts their life in harm's way to safely diffuse an explosive. Before they just start cutting wires, they analyze what wires lead to what triggers. This gives them the confidence to cut the correct wires without setting the bomb off. This is exactly the exercise we're looking to implement here to address our depression. So, How does this translate? We need to write down our problems or challenges. Identify what is causing those problems or challenges. When we identify this, we can act on it. Identifying early warning signs can help us live well by managing our symptoms. So, what are some of these triggers? Stress, feeling overwhelmed, can make us feel hopeless and out of control. Financial stress, money problems can trigger depression and other major mental illnesses. Sensitive times of the year, times like anniversaries, birthdays, and holidays can be very hard for some people. Relationship difficulties, relationship problems can include those related to marriage and partnership or those between family members. The closer the relationship, the more potential for depressive thoughts to emerge. Substance abuse. These substances have stimulant and depressant effects. Trauma, grief, or loss. Grief can send some people into a deep depression that can last for months or years. So, the question remains, how do we effectively cope with these triggers? First, Evaluate how you usually deal with your triggers. Identify what works and what doesn't. Second, imagine how the situation would ideally develop when you encounter a depression trigger. Imagine the best case scenario and an acceptable scenario. Ask yourself, what would it take for each scenario to come about? What changes would I have to make to take away a trigger's ability to bring about a relapse into depression. Third, identify who can help you diffuse your triggers. Ask yourself, who can I enlist to help me avoid a relapse into depression? And lastly, write your plan down. Make it as simple as possible, but make sure to put it into writing. Putting a behavioral plan into text helps make it a reality. Number two, keep yourself occupied. You've probably heard the saying, an idle mind is a devil's workshop. And there is absolutely truth to this saying. Sometimes allowing or giving our mind time to get lost in thoughts can be dangerous. This is why for some people struggling with depression, keeping busy can be extremely beneficial. Now, you may be wondering, keeping busy with what? Challenging tasks, new tasks, tasks that make us think, exerting that brain power, breaking the regular routine, trying something new each day. 
Breaking routine and challenging ourselves with new tasks can be a game changer for our mental health. It keeps us curious. It keeps our mind turning and trying to solve the new Rubik's Cube of life, metaphorically speaking, which means the energy we are dedicating to that puzzle is not placed into a wandering mind. These engaging activities allow us to avoid focusing on negative thoughts and emotions. Now, that doesn't mean we ignore or suppress these emotions. When we're having a down day, if we're struggling, we need to acknowledge it, which means that we notice and name our emotions and try to bring our attention to engaging activities, ones that are helpful. Now, along the lines of routines, depression is known to disrupt our daily routines. This means that setting a gentle schedule may help us feel more in control. And I want to be clear here. These plans do not mean that we have to map out our entire day detail by detail. We should focus on creating a loose but structured routine that can help us keep our daily pace moving forward. Number three, exercise and sleep. Sure, on days when we feel as if we can't get out of bed, exercise may seem like the last thing we'd want to do. But there's a simple equation that we should always remember. Healthy body equals happy you. Research has shown that for some people, exercise can be as effective as medication at relieving depression symptoms. And beyond the ability to help and assist us in the short term, research has also shown that it may also help prevent future depressive episodes. Now, all of this means that we need to focus on two critical pieces, keeping our body fit and getting a good night's sleep. So the question remains, how do we slide into exercise mode? When those thoughts are telling us to curl up in a ball, to close the curtains and wrap ourselves in the deepest blanket cave, try doing the opposite of what your mood is telling you to do. Try setting a small goal for yourself, like taking a walk around the block. Now, on the opposite side, the question remains, why sleep? A healthy sleeping routine gives us the mental strength to overcome depression. Now, when I say healthy sleep, I mean aiming for eight hours of sleep per night. It's also one of the best ways to free our mind. Countless studies, countless studies have shown that having a consistent sleep and wake time influences stronger immunity, improved concentration, and emotional stability. Sleep deprivation disrupts those things, along with memory and attention. The idea is that we keep a healthy sleep schedule, which ultimately helps to bring greater balance to our lives. Number four, identify and indulge in your happy distractions. Depression can push us to give into our fatigue. The key is that we push back. And we push back by doing something we love. 
pushing back with something that's pleasurable or meaningful, what I like to call our happy distractions. So what are these happy distractions? Well, that's completely predicated on the person. It could be pets, listening or playing music. And a little side note concerning music, research has shown that music can be a great way to boost our mood and improve symptoms of depression. It may also help us strengthen our reception of positive emotions. Now, jumping back in, reading, painting, the list is almost endless. However, we need to be careful of something here. Our happy distractions do not mean social media or TV consumption. These are crutches that can ultimately flare up our depression. We need to expand beyond these distractions and find healthy, happy distractions. Indulge in them. So, why is this the key? Because the byproduct of engaging in meaningful activities can be a lift in our mood and energy, which means that we are further motivated to continue to engage in helpful activities that help with navigating these symptoms, these symptoms of depression. Number five, look at the bigger perspective. Here's a question I'd like each of you to think about and really give it some thought. Think back five years. Now, in thinking back five years, can you remember the things that bothered you? Probably not. Now, think back one year. Can you remember the things that bothered you? Probably not. The answer, 99.99% of the time, is no. Probably not. Most likely, the things that are bothering us today will not matter or bother us in one or five years from now. This all boils down to challenging our negative thoughts and widening our perspective. When we're depressed, negative thoughts constantly attack our mind. Thoughts such as, I'm a failure, no one likes me, or I'll always feel this way. The danger is that these negative thoughts become an unconscious habit, which means that they are reinforcing the feeling of depression. So, what's a potential solution? We need to challenge these negative thoughts with positive thinking. For example, a challenge to the idea or the thinking, I'll always feel this way, might be, how do I know that? We often accept our thoughts as real without challenging them. However, there is much wisdom in the saying, don't believe everything you think. Number six, find out your support system. Depression can tempt us to go into isolation mode and withdraw from people. Anytime we face something very heavy, face these emotional battles, it can be very easy to hold them in, to take on the pain alone, to feel embarrassed or even less of a person for experiencing those struggles. We feel as if we're the only ones that are experiencing those emotions and darkness. However, that could not be further from the truth. 
As I said at the beginning of this episode, depression is the most common mental illness. It impacts 300 million people. That's about 3.8% of the entire world population. That's a lot of people experiencing a similar mental illness. That is nothing to be ashamed of. Establishing this perspective is critical because isolation can become very scary and dark. This is why it's critical that we interact with people, that we talk with people face-to-face, that we talk to our close friends and family. This engagement helps to wash away those isolation tendencies. And when I say talk, I mean pour your heart out. You may not realize it, But those people in your circle most likely face similar challenges, emotions, and obstacles. The key to navigating depression is to be open, accepting, and loving toward ourselves and what we're going through. Number seven, spend time in nature. Our connection with nature is vital in keeping us emotionally and psychologically and physically healthy. This connection with nature comes in many different forms. Just going for a brief walk, heck, even just seeing green spaces like a grass field, the woods, simply a lawn, helps to ease brain fatigue, restoring drifting attention, and sharpen our thinking. Connecting with nature is also associated with lower levels of poor mental health. In particular, you guessed it, lower depression and anxiety levels. Nature also helps to improve memory functions. We've all had those moments where we feel as if our minds are slowing down, sputtering due to a lack of fuel. This is what's known as mental fatigue. One thing that can help get our mind back into gear is exposing it to restorative environments, which simply means getting outdoors. One study found that people's mental energy bounce back even when they just looked at a picture of nature. Yes, a picture of nature. And no, not a picture of the city that did not have the same effect. This just really drives home the importance of nature, whether being surrounded by it physically or visually through a photo. The goal should be that we spend at least two hours a week outdoors. That could mean going for a simple short walk, going to the lake or beach, playing a game outside, going for a hike, sitting in the park. All of these things help to influence our emotions, our mental health, and our concentration. Our connection with nature is vital in keeping us emotionally healthy. And lastly, number eight Add positive moments to your day. This point, in a way, links back to number five. But more importantly, the key point that I've brought up many times throughout this podcast, expressing gratitude. Research has shown that gratitude can have lasting positive effects on our overall mental health. This also means taking that gratitude beyond a level of recognition out loud which means writing down our gratitude. This includes writing notes to others, 
which can be particularly meaningful. This makes it feel even more real and allows us to truly register gratitude. So what are some other positive actions we can take? Laughter. This is another method for increasing dopamine in our brain. This could mean going to a comedy show, reading jokes, laughing with others, or merely thinking about amusing things that result in laughter. All of this can boost our dopamine levels and help with symptoms of depression. Acts of kindness towards others, things like volunteering for a good cause, holding the door for someone, paying for someone's coffee. All of these things make us feel better. Making others smile slowly eases our depression one smile a day. Thanks for listening to The Motivated Mind with your host, Scott Lynch. I hope you enjoyed my deep dive into eight psychology hacks to tackle depression. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the motivated underscore mind and on Facebook at the motivated mind podcast. Don't forget to join me every Monday and Thursday for new episodes. I love you all and thanks so much for listening. Motivated Mind is a legacy division.